Friends, welcome to Leadosophy. You're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. Today's episode is going to be a little heavy. It's not going to be long, but it's going to be hopefully deep in material, deep in understanding. We're going to try to dive into some leadership first principles, maybe some theoretical knowledge about leadership that we can postulate that is true no matter what, holds across all space and time. Leadosophy is skeptical that any first principles of leadership actually exist. I don't think we can understand leadership like we can understand some of the natural sciences, physics, chemistry, things like that. I don't know if we can deepen our theoretical knowledge of leadership like we can the natural sciences or within the natural sciences. Leadosophy is skeptical, but today we're going to try. We're going to try to develop a few first principles that we think are always true no matter what. Universal generalizations we can make about leadership. And I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of generalizations we make about leadership daily, our concept of leadership, that we think always hold true, but are really just general beliefs that can be falsified at any moment. Anytime we make a generalization about leadership and something contradicts it, that generalization is falsified. So if we're going to deepen our understanding of leadership today, we need to try to develop some first principles. I'm going to try to put a few forward. I hope that maybe you can think of some and maybe you can debunk some of these principles that, that I talk about in today's episode. All right, hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution, you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of leadosophy, Tim Wood. All right, friends, welcome back. Are there fundamental truths or first principles in leadership? I'm talking about universal generalizations that we can make that always hold true. Universal generalizations from upon which all other leadership knowledge grows out of those base assumptions. These base assumptions that, again, are true no matter what. I'm a little skeptical. Leadosophy is skeptical. But I was trying to come up with some over the last couple of days, and I came up with, with 10 generalizations about leadership or leading that appear to me to be universal truths. And again, I would encourage you to, to reach out and to debunk these, because if you debunk these or if you falsify these generalizations, then we deepen our understanding. We move knowledge forward. We co-create knowledge together. We should always look to falsify our assumptions if we can, if we're truly trying to deepen our understanding of any subject, any topic. If we can falsify our assumptions, then we can better our assumptions. We can fortify them. We can strengthen them. 
we can alter them to something better. And again, that's the spirit of leadosophy. That's what we're trying to do here. If one is to acquire deep knowledge of leadership, then I propose this requires a fundamental understanding of leadership. An understanding that goes deeper than how to lead and self-help books. Successful leadership stories, quote unquote. Successful leadership stories that are usually narrow in context and told through the eyes of the leader without ever getting any feedback from the followers that were impacted by that leader. And not even talking about the fiery speeches that move masses. There are going to be no fundamental leadership truths that we can pull from an inspirational speech, no matter how hard we try. Leadosophy believes that many how-to-lead and self-help leadership books are fundamentally flawed, fatally flawed even. Often these books try and push a replication or copy or blueprint onto their leaders as far as how to lead, what leadership effectiveness looks like to them that they then try to pose on someone else, even when the two leadership contexts or situations will be completely different. A lot of times the authors of these books will say, hey, I did this at work. You should try it. And again, abstractions are helpful. They can be helpful, helpful at times. Theosophy does not disagree with that. But abstractions are limited to the person telling the story. A lot of details are left out. A lot of gaps exist. And we have to keep that in mind when we read self-help books, leadership books, things like that. It's basically one big abstraction the culmination of the entire experiences of those leaders that are writing these books, you'll never know. And again, you're, you're only often getting the, the version from one point of view. So again, a little skepticism. Again, I'm not saying we can't learn from those. We can. We can always learn from other people's experiences. But our learning is limited. Which is why Leadosophy proposes that we try to deepen our understanding of leadership by examining the idea of potential first principles, base assumptions, foundational assumptions from which everything else flows. Leadosophy proposes that we field strip leadership, exposing all of the parts, which is a monumental task, and we won't do it on this episode, but we can start. And I like to do this more often. Again, curious to hear your feedback after this episode. Be curious to hear what your first principles are or might be if you had to develop a couple. And maybe some of the ones that I put forward today, whether they're wrong or right, or again, I don't know if we can ever truly know. Maybe that'll spark something in you to, to, to deepen your understanding of what you understand the, the concept of leadership to be. If we field strip leadership, exposing its parts. We can look at each component part individually with the goal of eventually reassembling leadership into something whole. Now, some I, I would say that many people, or maybe not many, but some would argue that this is a meaningless and pointless task because there's no evidence that this would help someone become a better leader. 
do we have to know the first principles of fire to know that fire cooks? Or we can use fire for cooking? No, I don't think we do. Will I be a better cook if I know how fire works? If I can understand fire at a fundamental level? No, I don't, I don't think that holds. However, and you know, to that point, one can successfully drive a car without knowing the intricacies of the individual parts that comprise the car. It's another metaphor, I guess. Many leaders have been bestowed the crown of a successful leader without ever giving a passing thought to the first principles of leadership. That is true. If, this, if these principles even exist, again, leadosophy is still a little skeptical. And it doesn't follow that a person who knows the intricacies of a car will necessarily be a better driver. But, and this is where we turn this upside down, leadosophy argues that the person who knows the intricacies of a car is better equipped to handle mechanical failure within the car. He or she might better appreciate the components of the car that make up the whole. And he or she understands the car, the vehicle, on a more fundamental level. They see the car differently than, say, someone like me who, I'll be quite honest with you, I can, can't even change my own oil, probably would struggle changing a tire. And I'm not proud admitting that, but that's just the facts of my life experiences or lack thereof. So are there fundamental truths or fundamental first principles in, in leadership? Are there universal generalizations that we can make? So some initial problems with doing this is, and I've mentioned this before, we all have different concepts of leadership. It's, it looks different for everyone. It's not like we all have a certain concept of a wheel or a circle or a triangle. We can all have a concept of a triangle but you can't get past the first principles of a triangle. We all see the first principles of a triangle, three sides. Or a square, or a circle, whatever it might be. I don't know if we can get that fundamental with leadership. Or I don't know if we can see leadership the same way we all see a triangle. So what are some potential first principles of leadership? Again, I've, I've came up with 10. And again, I encourage you to explode these if you can to debunk these as not being first principles or generalizations, universal generalizations. But the first one is, and I don't think you can debunk this, there is no consensus on a universal definition of leadership. To me, that is a universal truth. There is no consensus on a universal definition of leadership. And following closely on number two, is that there is no consensus on a universal definition of effectiveness as applied to leaders or judging how someone leads. When we say someone is an effective leader, that varies based on context, based on situation, based on job, based on whether it's trying to perform a team task in the community or performing a team task in a place of employment. So there's no consensus on a universal definition of what effectiveness is. Number three, 
At a minimum, leadership requires human relationships. And human relationships can exist on a spectrum from toxic to flourishing. And you can we can use different adjectives there, toxic, flourishing. But if you on a on a spectrum, and there's a bunch of things I can think of that would fall under toxic. Just someone not being there for somebody or being um, kind of apathetic to someone else's needs. I think that could fall under the this idea or concept of being toxic. And then someone who does their best to further relationships, moving towards the to the right, towards flourishing. So again, at a minimum, leadership requires human relationships. And they can be terrible or, or great. Number four, again, first principle here. This is a first leadership principle, a component part. A leader's actions either create pleasure, an example like giving someone the day off, maybe that creates pleasure, either creates pain, if you had to fire someone, I can imagine that would create pain or some sort of pain, or create some combination of pleasure and pain. Maybe you make an employee move offices to be closer to his or her team. Obviously, it's going to be initial pain, kind of a pain in the butt to move offices, especially if they have to remove from a completely different location. But they will experience pleasure, or we assume they might experience pleasure once they are closer to their team or new team. Or leaders simply create a feeling of indifference. And I can think of maybe a leader who was unreliable. And even then, I would argue that would probably trend more towards pain over the long term. So creating pleasure, creating pain, pain, or creating a feeling of indifference. I believe that's a leadership first principle. But even this assumption, or these assumptions rest on a deeper assumption that we can know what emotions others are experiencing. Which I would argue that deserves caution. We will never know what emotions another person is feeling. We can only observe outward behavior or choose to believe or not believe what we're told and then make judgments based upon the information we're presented. First leadership principle number five. Again, a universal generalization this is. Absent two or more people, leadership is impossible. A leader must have one or more followers for leadership to exist. By definition, a follower must have a leader and vice versa. It does not follow that one or both parties are in their designated positions by choice. And that was number six. It does not follow. This is a universal truth. It does not follow that if a follower is in a position or a leader is in that particular position, that they're in that position by choice. It could be by force. Number seven, no two leader experiences can be identical. That is the law of unique experiences. We can never have identical experiences. It's impossible. Logically impossible. Number eight, no two leaders can view a particular leadership scenario through an identical lens or frame. And that's very close to number seven. But every scenario we're presented with, we will see that differently. We, were, we will judge that scenario differently, even if just slightly different. We will judge it differently or through a different frame, different lens, 
the movie that plays in our mind will be different. Two first leadership principles are left. Number nine, a human can achieve a leadership position only one of two ways. The first way is synthetically. They are designated to be in that position. Or organically, they emerge. Think of the functional leaders who, you know, maybe in a, in a war zone, someone is injured or killed, the next person steps up, maybe because of a certain specific competency they have, and they lead the team, even though they weren't officially designated. And we can think of many examples in the workplace where you kind of take over a project because you have a certain amount of skills or competence. No one said, hey, you're the leader. You just emerged. That's organic immersion. And finally, number 10, on a long enough timeline, a leader will, will lead someone who is incompetent for a specific task or job. And a follower will be led by someone who is incompetent to oversee a specific task or who is incompetent in their position of leadership. And again, if you've never read uh, the book by Dr. Lawrence Peter, where he talks about, he created the Peter principle and he created this term called hierarchyology. Basically in a hierarchy, whether it's in the post office in a school system in the military in government in layers of hierarchy, people will always rise to a position of incompetence. The Peter principle, Dr. Dr. Peter spent years researching the psychology of incompetence, studying hundreds and hundreds of examples of, of incompetence in, in, in different areas of expertise, different jobs, from government to schools to places of business. So we might say the Peter principle holds as maybe a first principle of leadership. People will always rise to a position of incompetence. So there you go, folks. Those are 10 first principles leadosophy can think of that may potentially serve as universal truths in leadership, a very basic fundamental level of understanding of leadership. I struggled to come up with an 11th. Maybe they're out there. And again, maybe one or all of the ones I just put forward today are wrong or flawed in some way. I would love to hear that feedback. Again, if I can falsify any of these, that's the more we deepen our understanding, the more I deepen my understanding of leadership and what leadership may be as a concept, a theoretical concept, and leadership as a practical application. They're both important. All right. Remember, Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership. I think we did that today. Maybe not. I feel like I did just by teasing out some of those 10 leadership principles. I think I've tried to understand leadership a little, a little deeper, a little more fundamentally. Instead of just picking up a self-help book and reading what someone's leadership experience was like and trying to apply it to my day-to-day life which is harder to do than one might realize. Thanks for watching, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button. 
And check out Leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.